As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Listen to everything that people say, but just follow up and do your due diligence. So just having a checklist and checking septic system, peer and post, or other houses in that area, do they have peer and post? Because then it's not as big a deal, but definitely following a checklist when we go to purchase something. Best ever listeners, before today's episode, I want to invite you to join us in Keystone, Colorado, February 20th through 22nd. It is the 2020 Best Ever Conference. And not only do I want to invite you to join us, I want to invite you to earn 15% for every ticket that you're responsible for selling should you join as an affiliate for the conference. Great way to earn money. And also, if you're planning on attending, great way to pay for your ticket, essentially. You get enough sales. So you can go to BEC20.com. And in the top left corner, it says earn 15% as an affiliate. You can click that, join the affiliate program, and you got all the resources that you need to share the good word about the Best Ever Conference in Keystone, Colorado. And we will be talking more about this on future episodes. But for now, go check out BEC20.com and that affiliate page. You can earn 15% as an affiliate, and we will see you in Keystone, Colorado. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. What to say, Rome Lingenfelter. How you doing, Rome? I am excellent today. Thank you for having me on. My pleasure and glad to hear it. A little bit about Rome. He is a real estate investor, has been growing his business with family and friends, has a passion for educating others and also helping reach financial freedom based in Portland, Oregon. And his wife has been on the show as well. So they have a 12-unit building, also have been involved as a limited partner on a 147-unit syndication, and they're negotiating their first mobile home park as well as they flipped over 24 houses. So that being said, Rome, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure, absolutely. Originally, my wife and I started our business about seven years ago. We have made the majority of our growth in both the size of our business and our profits, mostly because we're in an equity market. So in fixing, flipping, and wholesaling. But I would say that we're repositioning now into more multifamily, as you mentioned, the mobile home park, and we're looking more and more into the multifamily market. Okay, got it. So are you full-time in real estate? And if so, what were you doing prior? 
I am full-time in real estate now. I stepped away from a corporate position. I was manager with a national grocery store chain for about 16 years. And my wife and I started our real estate business and just built it up over time. She stepped away about three years ago, and I stepped away about a year ago. And this will be our best year so far. How did you determine when it was time to leave the corporate world? I didn't have enough bandwidth to do both. The corporate world was easy compared to this, but just balancing time, I was scrambling on every break and every lunch to field calls. And we are not the traditional pair. My wife tends to be the contractor and negotiates the deals. And I tend to be the numbers and kind of contracts, back office type stuff. And I was spending way too much time trying to catch up and not enough time with my family. I have a, a great son, Max, that we just all enjoy doing stuff together as a family from working in our business to camping, hiking, all that. Great how, how old is your son? He's 12 now. What are some things you've done to teach him the business? It's a really good question. I've really gone to his strength. Because he's an only child, he's always been around adults. So he relates to adults as well or better than he does with kids his age. So we did lots of door-to-door sales with him. So he's very confident in those circles. I've had him help me on some rehab. Things are adequate for his age, but he started getting into social media. So he's started to do some work on our social media, which is still growing, still pretty rough. I would say one of the things that was kind of a sea change event for me was not just reading Kiyosaki's stuff, but playing his Cashflow 101 game. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm a hands-on guy. So I started Max at a very young age, probably about four or five on cash flow. And even tonight, we're going to go to one of the local RIAs and play cash flow. It's something he really enjoys doing. And I guess he sent out his own mailing this last year and got some good response. We haven't bought any properties from it, but had really, really good responses from it. So you mentioned, among a lot of things, door-to-door sales. And that, to me, holy cow, adults have a hard time. I would have a hard time with that. Tell me about that process with them. So in our neck of the woods, the way the Cub Scouts, before they go to Boy Scouts, raise money is through Christmas wreath sales. When I was a kid, I think they had us sell candy, but I've just gone around with him and he's incredibly courageous. He loves people. So just going up, knocking on the door, practicing his little script, getting it wrong, getting it right. And it's hard to say no to a Boy Scout who's in a uniform and whatnot. So I think the second year in, he had one of the highest sales of anybody in his troop. And his last year that he was in, he won. He was the top salesman for selling Christmas reeds. And he's actually taken on on his own. So now being a Boy Scout, they grind up Christmas trees, but he has still continued on because he has so many faithful clients who are like, please come around. So even now he raises money that way. Taking a look at the properties that you've worked on, what has been the most challenging one for you? Boy, we've had lots of challenging ones. I would say probably the one that we learned a lot from was my wife and I, and we had a third partner, went in on a property that was almost a million dollars. And it's in one of the hottest areas in the Portland market. And our third partner just raved about this. And it looked like the numbers were going to pencil out. So we borrowed some money to put a down payment on it which I never recommend that you do. (laughs) And not only did we have to pay interest on the borrowed money, but the person who was selling it to us, even though we said, hey, we went through the inspection period and we gave the money back, the doctor who owned the property decided to sue for the earnest money. He thought he deserved it. 
So of the 25 grand that we put down, I think we got 10,000 back and then we had to pay interest on the rest of it. So that was ugly. Given a scenario where you're in that situation or about to be in that situation again, what are some things you do differently? I'd make sure that the numbers were more correct going in. I would make sure that things were tighter. If I didn't have the money to put down on it, I would put a lot less down. And if they weren't interested, I would walk away. I think everybody says it's, it's not the deals that you don't get that goon you. It's the ones that you get and shouldn't have. Right. And this was definitely one of those. So I would just walk away from it. If you're not willing to take 5000 or 10000 down, then we're not willing to continue forward. So that was my big lesson there. What's been a challenge growing the company now that you two are full-time and have been full-time for a little while? I would say our biggest challenge has been marketing and just getting our systems up and running. I think that's something we still struggle with. We know where to get deals and we know how to work through it, but I think our plate gets so full. I think right now we have about five projects going on right now. And when we're neck deep in projects and getting things out to market, which is where you realize the money that's coming in, that our marketing wheel kind of grinds to a halt. So that's my, for this winter, as things kind of quiet down, that's really where I'm going to put a lot of time and energy is just getting the system. So it's just that smooth running wheel, which I don't have at the moment. What are some things you plan on doing? I'm going to break my processes up so no one person has access to all of it. I'm going to hire a VA and maybe two. I really think that because of how busy my wife Amy is, I think we're going to get an assistance for her. And mostly just breaking it up into pieces and just being clear of every step and then assigning those and then revisiting I have good experience managing, but designing systems is not something I've ever done before. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned you have good experience managing that I imagine comes from your corporate experience prior yes. to doing this full time. What are some tips you have, or maybe better, what are some things you implement that you learned in the corporate world that you do now? I think clarity is super important, making sure that everybody knows what their role is. In the beginning, Amy and I used to bump up with each other of like, hey, stay out of my lane. She's a much better contractor. She has really good vision. So making sure that I let her do what she's incredible at and stay focused on my parts. I'm a hands-on person. I tend to like to swing a hammer. I tend to like to do physical work. And I have to step back from that and really look at jobs that would be better for us to hire out. So that's one thing. Let people do what they're good at. So putting the right people in the right positions, I think is definitely someplace that that's been helpful. And again, customer service, always taking care of people, whether you're buying houses or selling houses, just communication follow through. I think that's huge. I think a lot of people miss out on that. They get so caught up in the numbers that they miss out that it's a people business. Mm -hmm. From a management side, what are some ways you bring the people business component to life? I always do my best to give somebody, regardless of if I'm selling a house, I usually give a basket or some thank you gift. I think the last impression, I think somebody a lot smarter than I said, the last impression is the lasting impression, making sure that there's just a pop of, hey, that was a really good experience. Even if the rest of the experience was bad, if your last contact was really positive, I think that's good. And then just follow through and follow up. I think there's so many deals that we've landed that have come years after initial contact. 
just that follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. And I think Amy is really, really brilliant at that. That's something I've learned and gotten better at from a management, but just those systems in place of making sure that those things we do do well are done on every project. Based on your experience as a real estate investor and an entrepreneur, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Make your money when you buy. I would say in the beginning, if you can find somebody who wants to lend you money or be a part of it, you probably have a deal. If you can't find somebody, it's probably not a deal. And there have been so many times that we've been learning new aspects of our business that we were able to fall down and make some big mistakes because we got such a good deal on the front side. Mm -hmm. So I would say, make your money when you buy, just always be aware of what you get it for and don't be willing to walk away from something that you want to be a deal, but may not be a deal. And what are some of those big things that happen that you could recover from because of how you purchased it? We bought a property out in the middle of the country. It was an old 1930s cabin. We picked it up for $40,000 and we initially thought we were going to owner carry finance it and that didn't work. And it ended up that we needed to sell it for cash, but there were so many things wrong with the property we didn't know about. It needed a septic system and everything that was involved with that. It was peer and post construction rather than on a foundation. And because we had bought it for such a and deal. When we turned around and sold it for 140, because of all of the money we had dumped into it, we were still able to walk away with about $40,000 in profit on it. Whereas if we would have bought it for quote unquote reasonable price of $100,000, we would have lost our shirts. Mm. And what part of your due diligence process now will attempt to uncover that? Or maybe what have you done to enhance your due diligence process to try and mitigate some of those things from creeping up again? Sure. Just making a checklist. If you're going to buy in an area that you don't know, figuring out the right questions to ask. I had never bought a property with a septic tank before. And the person who sold it to us said, oh, the septic tank was new in 2000. And we didn't go back and check. So just having a due diligence checklist, when somebody tells you it's not new advice, but it's meaningful advice is listen to everything that people say, but just follow up and do your due diligence. So just having a checklist and checking septic system, peer and post, or other houses in that area, do they have peer and post? Because then it's not as big a deal, but definitely following a checklist when we go to purchase something. What's the most recent thing you put on that checklist? The most recent thing, let's see, making sure that I am insulated from lawsuits. So setting up either a good relationship with a lawyer or an accountant and making sure that every way that I can protect myself, I am. Because much like California, Oregon's becoming more and more of a litigious environment. And even when you do the right things and you take care of people, people sometimes want to come after you. So that due diligence list is make sure you have a good lawyer in place. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Absolutely. All right. First quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, go to BEC20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference. 
BEC20.com. Are you interested in getting started in real estate syndication but don't know how? My friend Whitney Sewell is the host of the Daily Real Estate Syndication Show podcast. He interviews top experts in the industry to help you learn the cutting edge tools and strategies of the syndication business. You can find Whitney and his podcast at lifebridgecapital.com. Best ever book you've recently read? Recently read, I really liked The Creature from Jekyll Island. I thought that was an incredibly well done book. What's the best ever deal that you've done? We wholesaled a duplex and made about $160,000 on a wholesale deal. So that was pretty incredible. Yes, that is. Tell us how you found it and how that went down. Sure. We found somebody who was way behind in their taxes and they also owed money to the local municipality. And just through garbage had been left on their property. And the only contact information for this person was I believe it was in New Mexico. So we had mailed to them and the mail had bounced back to us. And I would say any of those things that bounce back, those are gold. So I dug into it. I did some skip tracing. I followed relatives. I finally tracked this guy down. He lived in California. He hadn't seen the property in over 10 years. He'd had a lady who had lived there most of that time. Seriously, a cat lady. She had over 30 cats. She had poked a hole from one side into the other side and the cats lived in the other side and for him he had left his old life behind ex-wife and all that but my wife was able to negotiate a deal with him and he was happy with it and then we negotiated down with the city on the liens and it penciled out it worked out incredibly well best ever way you like to give back to the community I really love to educate so I started with my son and we're doing more and more stuff with cash flow I think the future for People to be wealthy is to think bigger, think that they can, and think like an entrepreneur rather than an employee. So I think cash flow is a great way to kind of adjust people's brains, especially at a younger age. So definitely financial education. And how can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? You can visit our website. We're at www.armrealestatesolutions.com, or you can reach out to me at romeling2007 at gmail.com. We always have new and interesting projects coming up, and we absolutely love to help people learn more about real estate. We're passionate about it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and talking about, from a management side of things, how you take your corporate experience and how that translates into now you know, being a full-time real estate investor, some challenging projects along the way, and things that you do to mitigate the risk moving forward as you build that due diligence list some things that you've added recently. So thanks for being on the show, Rome. Hope you have a best ever day. Enjoyed it. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. Are you interested in getting started in real estate syndication, but don't know how? My friend Whitney Sewell is the host of the Daily Real Estate Syndication Show podcast. He interviews top experts in the industry to help you learn the cutting edge tools and strategies of the syndication business. You can find Whitney and his podcast at lifebridgecapital.com. Best ever listeners, go to bec20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference, bec20.com.